and welcome back to the podcast Discipleship in Challenging Times. We're making good progress through the letter to the Philippians and today we are looking at Philippians 2 verses 12 to 18 and the heading that I've got for this reflection is Attitudes and Actions. Let's pause and come to our God in prayer. Just thinking of those who are engaging with this podcast. I know that there are some of you who do this first thing in the morning. Some of you who do this late in the evening, maybe last thing before going to bed. And some of you who do this during the day. Lord, wherever we are in our day, if it's at the very beginning, we welcome the day. We receive it as a gift and we pray that you would be with us as we journey through this day. If we're halfway through our day, we praise you for all that is past and trust you for all that's to come. And we just take a moment to reconnect with you. We lift before you the joys and the sorrows and the challenges of the day so far. And Lord, if it's the end of the day, we thank you that you've been with us. We pray for your forgiveness for when we've messed up. And we ask and pray that you would grant us peace as we head into this night. Now, Lord, speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Philippians 2, verse 12 through to verse 18. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault, in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky, as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labour in vain, but even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Well, there's a stirring challenge in these verses to action. And it reminds me of something that C.H. Spurgeon, blessed be his name, once said. This is a quotation. Do something, do something, do something. While committees waste their time over resolutions, do something. Too often we discuss and discuss and discuss and Satan laughs in his sleeve. It's time we are done planning and sought something to plan. Wonderful. Spurgeon was a man of action. And once again, as I've already 
intimated in this reflection. I think Paul would have agreed. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, he says. And then he begins speaking, do everything as he begins his sentence. He expects them to be up and doing, drawing on the strength that God gives by the Spirit so they can live gospel-shaped lives for Jesus. It's bracing, it's powerful. God expects no less from us. And so a question that we might ask ourselves today, what are we doing? Don't fall for the false dichotomy, the false antithesis between being and doing. Sometimes people say it's not what we do, it's who we are that's important. And it's a a half-truth which actually leads us away from something really positive. Yes, absolutely, what we are is crucial. But what we do is important as well, with what we do needing to flow out of who we are, the way that God is shaping our characters. So I ask again the question, what are we doing? And so that's a clear thing. That, I hope, is a powerful thing. But, and this is where I'm heading, especially for today, there is more. What are we doing? Yes, absolutely. So important. But there's more than this. Our actions are vital. Here's the thing. Our attitudes are vital too. Verse 14 is absolutely key here. Do everything. So we are called to be doers. We are called to be up and doing. Do everything without grumbling or arguing doesn't mean that our life should be unfeasibly busy, by the way. Uh, There are certain things that we're called to do and certain things that we're not called to do. But whatever it is that we are called to do, do those things without grumbling, without arguing. Actions are important, but attitudes are vital too. Let's take an example of this. Hospitality permeates this letter to the Philippians and actually it's part of their culture. As Paul encourages hospitality and he's going to go on and talk about being hospitable to Timothy, he's going to talk about Epaphroditus, as he talks about these things he's not talking to a culture where hospitality wasn't important. Hospitality was vital, it's part of the expectation, part of the texture of daily life. If family came to stay from a distance then you couldn't turn them away. If a stranger turned up at your door then you needed to welcome them. It was part of the culture. It was part of the way things were. So Paul says, yeah, this is something that you're called to do, but how you do it is just as important, your attitude as well as your actions. And we can imagine in a culture where hospitality is absolutely key, everybody is doing it, but it's easy to do it and grumble about it. You know, that family member, they're here again. You know, I've got to do this. It would be bad form not to, but really I wish that they weren't there. That stranger at the door asking for help. Well, yeah, I've got to do it. Otherwise, what will people say? But I really don't want to, and I'm going to grumble about it behind their back and under my breath. We might pose the question this way. What, what are the expectations on us that are right? We need to do them 
but actually we grumble about them. Maybe the pattern of our daily work. Yeah, we do it because it's our bread and butter, but we grumble and we argue. It may well be something to do with family, something to do with hospitality. It's so important we're called to do it and we do it, but we grumble and we argue. If God is truly calling us to do something, then attitudes and actions are together important. Again, I ask the question, what do you do because you feel you really can't avoid it, even though you know that it's right? Keeping in touch, perhaps, with that difficult family member, loving that difficult member of your small group, the list could be endless. You can't really not do it, but the attitude is wrong. Do something, do something, do something. We ought to agree with Spurgeon, but we also need to agree with the Apostle Paul. How we do what we do is also vital. Actions are crucial, but a good attitude is crucial too. Let's pray. Lord, we ask and pray for your help in this. Just thinking about what the scripture says, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Yeah, we're called to give, but again, the attitude is really important. This principle can be applied right over our daily lives. And Lord, however you're challenging us now, we pray that you would lead us forward, not just in right actions, but also in right attitudes. May our hearts be right before you. Strengthen us by the Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh with the Spirit right now. Lord, we can't do this on our own. We can't really get started with it because it's so difficult. Come and strengthen us, we pray. Fill us afresh from the soles of our feet to the top of our heads. Lord, we need you. We need your Spirit today and tomorrow. So Lord, be with us, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.